Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Now look at my front butt. Particularly if you have leftover pork or, or 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 hamburger meat or something, you just throw it in, throw some Worcestershire sauce on it, and and um, have fun. And that and, and eat. Carl just basically said the only egg real noodles, egg, by the way, egg noodles. Yeah. And Carl just basically said the only real ingredient. Me and Carl are the egg noodles. You're guaranteed to have that. Uh yeah. The only really three things, that, two things that are guaranteed in a proper goulash are sour cream and egg noodles. Yep. Yeah, so but really and it's generally it was, a beef sauce. Generally, I've, 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 it's generally a sort of like a beef gravy they make with with sour cream. Yeah. I've so never really it seen it with chicken. Post the spring and. You were running roll-on supplies. Goulash literally translated from Russian means what's left. Uh-huh. Crudely and actually, that's Hungarian, not Russian, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it just means what. It was a Russian-Hungarian dish, and it was just like, you're getting close to spring. The thaw's coming soon. So you take whatever meat, vegetables you have left from your winter storage, and you make a big-ass soup-slash-stew out of it. Yeah, and, and, and egg noodles. Always egg noodles. Yeah. Which Otherwise is basically egg, flour, and oil, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, we made our own noodles back then. We're weird. <laughs> God, I miss old. Yep. I went to Absolutely. the restaurant once, man. God damn. So what are the ingredients to the goulash tonight, 
Stephen. You haven't really even gone over it with me. Well, the Oscars and a few other surprises, which I have talked to you earlier vaguely. But in start, true. everyone now, have you noticed the new school film snobs like, oh, the Korean universe, the Korean universe. We love our Korean films now. You need to open yourself up to the Korean films. And I'm sitting here with my copies of the Vengeance Trilogy. Uh, I saw The Devil, uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Tell Weird. Tell Sisters. Yeah, I'm going, fuck you. We were here a long time before you, you assholes. Uh-huh. And they're talking about, oh, Bong Joon-soon. Parasite is the greatest movie in the world. No, if you want his best, Watch Mother. Have you you seen that one? Haven't you? I actually have not seen Mother. Uh, I've heard of it, but I've uh, and and I've seen a couple scenes from it, but I've not seen Mother. But I do do love me the host. And Memories of Murder. God, that is an amazing fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Especially since he weaves a two-hour Godfather-esque epics about two cops trying to solve a series of murders. It's a true story that it never got solved. And, yes, in the movie, spoilers or no spoilers, they don't solve the murders. But guess what? It doesn't freaking matter. No. He has a Malikian shot in it where it shows that the first, uh, this poster of this missing girl. And then it shows as the year goes along, the poster gets old and weathered and stuff. Nice. But yeah, he's done a lot better than Parasite. You can do a lot better than it. If you're just going to watch Parasite and not go in for the deep dive, then fuck you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we were talking about that earlier today. You know, how certain directors, you know, win an Oscar, but it's not their best film as far as we're concerned. It's like... uh... Uh, Laura Dern and Brad Pitt. Yes, Brad Pitt deserved it for Once Upon a Time in uh, Hollywood, but there's other roles he's done just as good that he should have won for. Twelve Monkeys. Should have yeah, won for Twelve, 12 Monkeys. monkeys. Fucking heartbeat. Yeah. California. Consistent good work. And uh, Laura Dern. Shit. Let me back up the truck. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Citizen uh, Ruth. Citizen Ruth. Uh, Wild at Heart. Rambling oh, Rose. Yeah. Smooth yep. Talk. Now, Smooth Talk, if you haven't seen, that one's a damn good one. Oh, Smooth Talk. You know, I forgot about that. That is a damn good movie. You know, the one thing about Laura Dern, which I, 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 I did appreciate, was her speech at uh, at the Oscars. 
where she gave thanks to her dad and her mom. Neither, <coughs> neither of which have ever won an Oscar and have done damn good work over the years. And that, of course, is Bruce Dern and Diane Ladd. Uh, yeah, really, when he fine. was nominated for Nebraska, people was people thought that Bruce Dern was going to get the career award. No, you know why? I forget. Oh, uh, was it uh, Daniel Day-Lewis was up against him, I think? Yeah. Or who, whoever was up against him and won had to show your role, and I told you. Bruce Stern wasn't going to win it because it wasn't a showy role. It was subtle. And when you're subtle, you don't fucking win. Yeah, because you know who was nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actor that year from Nebraska, who deserved it for his career work, especially one film which I watched two weeks ago. And that would be, of course, Stacy Keach. Keach. Yep. If you think I'm just talking about the nice configuration, you need to go to just take a, a dart and throw it at his IMDb in the 70s. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, the Traveling the gym- Executioner, End of the Road, uh, Fat City. Uh, Fat City, particularly. Yeah, uh, the killer inside me. Don't forget the life and times of Judge Roy Bean. Oh, goddamn son of a bitch shot me in the back. Can you believe that shit? (laughs) (laughs) That's just rude. (laughs) But, yeah. That's one Oscar I've never really complained about because usually when someone gets a career Oscar, there were like three or four people I thought that could have won it for career Oscars this year. Uh, what uh, Jonathan Price? Oh fuck yeah! We know what world Jonathan Price should have won for. Well, Best uh, Actor Brazil. Absolutely. And and, and uh, supporting actor, supporting Go ahead. actor for uh, uh, Baron Munchausen. Oh God, yeah, that's what I was going to say exactly. He was yeah. so good in that. He was. This is goddamn German. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, uh, he's good, but he's already won his role for overacting. Yeah. He's the only time that a genre film won an Oscar that I'm sort of embarrassed about. Yep. Hey, Steve, did a horror film ever win Best Actor? No. But what about... Shut up. (laughs) Yep. And then they get my face. Well, Steve, why do you hate Anthony Hopkins so much? I just have four words to say to him. Two of better be Brian Cox. <laughs> Was one of them Brian Cox? Yeah, Brian Cox, Mad Mickelson. Okay, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Because if you even read five pages of the book, Hannibal Lecter is 
a cold, soulless, emotionless character. Not somebody that would go, and then you walked around your little old town and danced in there and I ain't Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, in my, in my case, I always go with Brian Cox for that role, for Lecter. Well, when uh, Mads did that exact scene in Hannibal. Yeah. He channeled, the. he did it exactly the same way Brian did. Yeah. Especially They're talking about now. someone who should be up for an award for all his work. Fucking Brian Cox. The only time he got nominated was for roles that he was guaranteed that, no, he's not going to win. I don't even think he was up for an Oscar. Yeah, for that one where he played the pedophile. Which movie are you talking about? Uh, L.I.R. or something. No, he wasn't up for an Oscar for that. He's never been up for an Oscar. Now, he's been up for a couple of BAFTAs. Oh, okay. But not an Oscar. Not that I know of, anyway. Yeah. And I'm not worried about Margaret Roby. She's good enough where she's going to get her chance one day. Yeah, I agree. In fact, did you see the news today? Um, yes, they're thinking tank of girl. Do, doing a rebag, yeah, uh, uh, Tank Girl, reboot of Tank Girl, oh, which I'm more than okay with. What? I'm more than okay with that, particularly if they really keep to the comic uh, 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 book and, and, and make it uh, more nasty. Uh, like 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 the the comics uh, series was. Well, they can get we're uh, up to get away with it now because we've got uh, a best picture winner with fish fucking. <laughs> yes. And there's another and that, guy. That brings up my whole thing. That that brings up my whole thing of directors. You know who's done better work now? Del Toro's a good director. Okay, let's let's not mince words here. But The Shape of Water isn't close to his best film. And if you all no. say Plans Labyrinth, you're wrong. What's his best films, Steven? His first two ones. His first two films. Which, of course, is Cronus, but the second one and is Devil's is Backbone. Devil's Backbone is fucking amazing. Seriously. I was pissed off that one wasn't nominated for Best Foreign Picture. Yeah, really? Agreed. Agreed. But Kronos, <laughs> just for that uh, one scene with Ron Perlman, which is just so beautiful and sweet and sad. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah. I know I'm ugly. I know I got You know, but but I'll tell you who who does the role for me is Fernando Lupi in that. He's just wonderful. And there's that scene where he's in the midst of the uh, of, of 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 the you know wanting blood and he's licking the floor, the blood off the floor. It's like, yeah. oh, 
God. Do you know the, a U.S. company offered to buy them the rights about it, and they said, we're going to do it, except we're going to change Kronos into something like Requiem for a Dream. No. Yeah, he basically said, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, Cronus is a wonderful film. It's a wonderful film. Besides, if you want to see a vampire film as a junkie... You basically so- have two choices. One of them is Cronus. The other one, of course, is... The Addiction. I'm just talking about... Just oh, no, no, that's three then. Come on. What's the third one? Dungeon Hess. Yeah. But, yeah, as much as, you know I love him. I'm amazed that Abel in the 90s did not get a fucking best Oscar nod for his, from that period when he was just boom, 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 great, great, great film. Well, you know. Not that they would have done it because they were scared of the movie, but God damn it, why didn't Keitel get up for Best Actor for Bad Lieutenant? Yeah, Bad Lieutenant, uh, The Funeral, uh, The Addiction, mm-hmm. King of New York. Oh, King of New York, for sure. We had and that's sure another thing. Has Walken, has Walken yeah. ever gotten an Oscar? No. Nope. Fuck that. Rutger hasn't either. No, I know. I know. He only had I one know. film of his that was ever nominated for an Oscar. See if you can remember which one. Okay, who's this again? Say this again. Rutger Hauer. Only had one movie where he was the star get nominated for an Oscar. I can't even think. Blade Runner, probably. Uh, Flesh and Blood? Oh, oh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, um, fuck. Soldier of Orange. Yeah, best foreign picture. Yeah. Soldier of Orange. Wonderful film. He should have gotten nominated for Blade Runner. Oh. Yeah, I would I would say that. And the fact that Blade Runner did not get any nods for set design was bullshit either, too. Oh, that's a fucking loot one. Just Agreed. like... Uh, the fact that uh, Days of Heaven did not we're going to rip off its style but god damn it it ain't going to get nominated for best cinematography nope no it's not I don't like the film but anyone who says that movie didn't change the game on how landscapes were filmed they can go sit in the corner right Carl Absolutely. You know, I, I, that's the one thing about Malik, which I know you and I disagree with, but man, you can't disagree that his movies aren't fucking gorgeous. 
Well, what's one of the most complimentary insults I've ever said to you about him? That they meander and that there's no, that shots that he's of not a filmmaker. He's a visual. Okay, painter. well, go ahead and say what you're going to say. Like I said, he's not a filmmaker. He's a visual painter. Yeah, absolutely, he is too. No question. Who's real? Who's got a uh, who's got a philosophy major? <laughs> yeah. After all of its praise, Tree of Life not getting the nod for best picture? Bullshit. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? What the cool, one of the coolest things about that movie? It was the return of Douglas Trumbull because he did all he did most of the special effects for that. No, you know what the coolest thing about that movie is? All of what? the movie theaters that put up signs. You cannot get a refund after watching the first five minutes. The management. (laughs) (laughs) That brings up another thing. There are a lot of people, more than you would even think, that were like, I rented Parasite, but it had fucking subtitles, so fuck that movie. I didn't want to watch subtitles. I know, which, you know, that's the one thing. He said, uh, Buncho said, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but basically he says, you know, your your whole world will be, will will increase. You just learn to to deal with those little tiny uh, uh, sentences. I forget exactly how he said it, but, but man... I I have no problem with subtitles at all. None. I never have, but still, when they come out and a movie wins Best Foreign Picture, and everything they mention says that it's Korean, and when the director wins the award, he doesn't speak in English. You can't watch the movie and be shocked that it's not in fucking English. <laughs> yeah, I say you're right about that one. That's like me going into a KFC and then getting pissed off that I can't get a burger. Or talk of, or 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 get some burritos or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, plus, I agree. If you go to Amazon and check out the description, it says subtitles only, no English dub. What part of that didn't they read either? Mm-hmm. By the way, that 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 does beg this little bit of information because I was looking at some movies on Prime, and I ran across uh, the hallucination. Generation, the one with Bud Court, that's an Italian film. Yeah. And I said, cool, I'll watch that. Until it was in Italian with no subtitles. Um, no oh, well. Subtitles. No subtitles. Oh, well. That's the way it goes sometimes. That makes no sense because yeah. usually all 
subtitle for deaf people. Yeah. Yeah, but they didn't Even have Even the shitty uh, Hong Kong dubs I've seen have fucking subtitles. Yeah, but this one did not. Weird. This one did not. Sorry. It's probably All the right, only dub they can Learn to read Italian. Learn to learn. Mm-hmm. Learn Italian. And it's weird to see an Italian movie in Italian. Unless it's an art film. No, even the art films, they did the MOS dubs. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen a couple over the years um, uh, that are Italian and Italian with uh, English subtitles. But not many, yeah. actually. But, and people are like, well, now that the best foreign pictures won best picture, we need to get rid of the best foreign film category. No. No, not at all. Particularly, I wasn't. I I still think there has to be separation here. I really do. Yeah. I do. I'm sorry. You know, even the Baptists have that. They have the best. You know. English film, and by English I mean one that's done in England or the British Isles. Yeah. And let's look at sports ball. Especially collegiate football. Mm -hmm. If you're in the SEC... What's your chances of winning an a co- East Coast championship or the West Coast championship? You don't have one because you're in a different league. Right. Yep. As soon as he won bet, I mean, I, I'm not a bit racist. I'm just thinking that that fucks over... That fucked over all the other films in the best picture, and it fucked over all the other best foreign films. Absolutely. I think it should be one or the other. Period. And they were complaining about the best actor and best actress awards. I can fix that Mm -hmm. in one heartbeat. Okay. Best performance by a female in a lead role. Best performance by a male in a lead role. Okay. If they don't like the terminology, change the terminology. And that's yeah. not woke terminology I'm using. It's just, you know. Mm-hmm. And why do we want to keep them separated? Because of the same four-mentioned bullshit. Well, for me, it's 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 terms that a foreign film is actually very inherently different, and it's not because it's in a different language, just but it it reflects different values, it reflects uh, different cultural influences. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like uh, Akira Kurosawa's Run. I love that mm-hmm. movie. But it came out in the same year as Blue Velvet, right? Mm-hmm. I got two number ones that year because I can differentiate between best foreign film and best Amer- American film, you know? Yep. yep. You know? Yeah. If you try to make me choose between them, I'd just stab you. <laughs> no, really. Trust it's me, like he will if, stab you uh, because he stabbed me for a lot less. <laughs> it's just one of those things that's like, uh, cut some cut you. Well, you have to choose. Who is the best, Malik or... Altman, you can't pick. You can't keep them both. You can't. You're not allowed to. Well, fuck you. Well, you know what? I know which one I would pick. Yeah, but you shouldn't have to. Exactly. And speaking of great directors who never got nominated. Oh, Jesus. Oh, let's see. Hit oh, he got nominated. Oh. Hell, a lot of your guys from the 70s that you love, love, love. Oh, the yeah. big three. Uh, Only, I think out of the big three of the indie guys, only one of them got nominated for an Oscar for Best Film, and that's Altman. Right. What about uh, Cassavetes? Uh, nope. What Never. about Alec? Nope. And what about what about uh, uh, um, Hal Ashby? He he actually was was nominated. I take that back. He was nominated yeah. for Crown for Glory. He didn't win. Yeah. But I'm talking about Ashby was good, but he worked for the studios. Mm-hmm. When it comes to all his director directorial stuff in the seventies. Altman right. was 90% uh, non-studio. He sold his films to the studio once they were done, but he didn't need their backing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Malik, yeah. And Cassavetti, well, well we have our term, the Cassavetti School of Filmmaking. Yep. Oh, I think that the reminds me. That's what I watched over the week. What? Forgot to tell you. What? Machine Gun McCain. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a that's a fine little film. Yeah, have you have you seen it before? No, I've never seen it. Never seen it. That's one of Corman's cash-ins, ain't it? No, no, no. That's Italian all the way. Oh, cool. Italian well, Italian all the crime film, so of course it's good. I'm biased. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, has Peter Falk in it and has Jenna Rollins. Or some yeah. actress. Yeah, people, that's one thing I love. Peter Falk's another guy that never got nominated as good as he was. Yeah, but it got shitloads of Emmys, trust me. Emmys. 
Where's his nomination <laughs> for the in-laws? Where's his nomination for husbands? And especially, this is the one, you may fight me on this, that I think he deserved it most because of how great his performance is. Where's what? his goddamn nomination for the Princess Bride? Peter Falk? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Actually, if there's a movie that, you know, you talk about husbands, there's a film that Elaine May directed with Cassavetes yeah. and Falk called yeah. Mikey and Nicky. Oh, my fucking God, that's a great film. And they just both act their fucking asses off. And another low-level gangster film, you know, that I like. And, of course, he was in one of your guys who never got nominated from the 80s crowd. Oh, that would be Benders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How many of the 80s crowd have really gotten nominated? I think the only one that maybe has is Wayne Wayne. Yeah. Let's see, Jarmish. No. No. Uh, vendors? No. Actually, he was, and he and and he won. What he win for? Win a Vista Social Club. That's a documentary. Right. But he won. Turns nose up. Oh, that's well, a speaking of, uh, Criterion got a whole got the rights to two uh, Jarmish films this week. Oh, which ones? Uh, Coffee and Cigarettes. Oh, nice. And Something Goes Something, Way of the Something. Oh, good God. I fucking have to get that. Yes, an actual good version of Ghost Dog. Not saying the Lionsgate, yeah. Not saying the Lionsgate DVD is bad. They could just port that shit, and it'd be good. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I would like to get a Forrest Whitaker commentary on it. Oh fuck yeah! God, I love that movie. Uh, and you know what my favorite scene of that movie is? More uh, than anything else, there's two of them. Um, uh, there's the one where the gangsters are talking, and the, and the one is talking about old school rap and Flav, Flav, or Flav. Yeah. That one. But the other one, which I think is one of the most wonderfully visual ones, is when in the ice cream guy who speaks French, and they can't really talk to each other, they see uh. the guy on the top of the building building the boat. Such a, such a wonderful Wonderful visual. And it's, it's a hell of a action film. Oh, yeah. It's a great film. It's a great That's one thing film. that Jarmish has never really gotten credit for. What? He's one hell of a genre director. Oh, yeah. You know, I still haven't... I, I still haven't seen The Dead uh, Don't Die, which I need to see. Yeah. Oh, and again, talking about about an actress. 
who who is in that trailer? She says one word. Chardonnay. Fucking Carol yeah. Kane. No Oscar's there. Who will surprise you? He's so fuck. Him and Bill Murray are so fucking good and deadpan with each other. Oh, I see it in the in the trailer. Yeah. And, and, and trust me, Driver is really good. He really is. He's impressed me. So I feel sorry. His first Oscar nomination is for the 2000s version of dun, 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 Kramer versus Kramer. What is yep. it when Oscars having hard-ons for a movie about couples going, You fucking cunt! You fucking whore! You bastard! You don't understand what I want from life! You fucking cunt! I'm the man! Ah. Because, because, yeah. that's the way it is. They they love their, their love stories that go wrong. I mean... If Truly. you was in the room with the couple from Marriage Story in real life, you'd leave after two minutes. Oh, <laughs> I don't even think it would take two minutes. Yeah. There's only one time they've ever done that right, and that movie never was. Didn't get any Oscar nominations. Okay. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Well, you know what? I would add one more to that. What? The War of the Roses. Yeah. Yeah. And that one didn't get enough no nods either. And now it's more of a comedy. (laughs) But nonetheless. Uh, I said it's more of. I didn't say it was. It's of a comedy. It's not a comedy. Because I've seen so many people like, oh, War on the Wars is a black comedy. And then they watch it. I didn't think it'd be that damn dark. It's Danny DeVito. What the fuck do you expect? Yeah, but that, War of the Roses is really when the mean Danny DeVito director came out. Because there's no denying that the War of the Roses may be one of the darkest, bleakest, blackest, meanest films to come out of the fucking 80s. Oh, absolutely. There's no hope at all in that movie. And then, and, and then another film which I love, which I, is finally getting its due, is Death to Smoochie. wasn't that bad. I love was, that movie. Fucking love that movie. Seriously. It's just that his posters and ads were fucking stupid. Yeah. But that wasn't... Th- but the Oscars had its good moments, like when that bit, like when that woman come out and one of that three hundred pound plus woman come out and uh, sung that song. Mm-hmm. People uh, were like afterwards, "Oh my God, did you see her voice? I'm so surprised." My head, my mouth, yeah, she was good. My head, bitch, you ain't know the blues, do you? 
Yeah, really. You know, uh, another one, another moment of the Oscars I loved, and, and I did mention this briefly, was was uh, Laura Dern's speech. Yeah. I thought it was wonderful. And Brad Pitt's speech, too. He was about to cry. Yeah. However, when 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 you got near the end and, and uh, uh, everybody pontificated on, on – uh, uh, it just it started making my head hurt that you know these actors you know are so politically woke. Like oh Jesus God! At least Brad Pitt's joke was like a good boxing punch. It's like the, the pow, ooh, he's done. You know. Yeah. That's how you do it. But none of this, da da da. And let's not forget about the most political speech of the night. Okay. <laughs> and the poor little cows who are forcibly God. inseminated. Well, that's exactly <laughs> what I was talking about. Now, what the that fuck, man? <laughs> it's like, shut the fuck up. Seriously. I wasn't there in the audience. I would have shouted out, "Move, motherfucker, move!" Uh, I think I would have been right with you. <laughs> that may be one of the dumbest. Sally Field can rest in peace now that her. You like me? You really like me? I, I, no I actually the dumbest like thing that a celebrity too. ever said. But but that Joaquin Phoenix speech, good God, man. Sorry, Joaquin, you need to shut the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, he's already exposed himself as extremely full of shit. After, do you remember that stunt he pulled? Where Which he one? supposedly retired for acting and put on that beard and toured for about a year as a rock singer? Yeah. And then it turned out it was all bullshit for a doc, fake documentary he was doing. Mm-hmm. So after that, yep. if you take anything he says seriously, then you're a dumbass. And the cows go, boo. Yeah. And I can tell you, down south, we romance our cows before we fuck them. <laughs> Listen, all I want is the fucking cheese, okay? That's all I want. Yeah. Just Just what? And is it me or was most of the political jokes just seem forced? Like they were there just because they were catering to the woke audience this year. There's no way to dance around that fact. They were catering to the woke audience. Agreed. You know, and I can understand that they're liberal. I can understand that point. But you know what? Oscars are supposed to be about movies. Just saying. This is going to date as bad as the one where was it? Which one was it? Sixty? It was either sixty-nine, seventy, or seventy-one, where they catered to the hippie audience so much. 
that it made it look like a joke not even a year later. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, like oh well. when they gave up Best Director. This is a good year to be a Best Director, unless you're a woman. Well, you, you, you know, it, personally, Greta Gerwig should have been up for an award for Best Director. Okay? No. Film is, is, what I've seen of Little Woman... That was a political speech disguised as a movie. I've never seen a political speech disguised as a movie. Be it from male, female, goat, chicken, dog, duck, whoever the fuck directed it, turn out good. Oh, I disagree with that. But that's okay. Name one. Telling him softly. Yeah, but that was a noir. I'm talking about one where the political speech is more important than anything else in the fucking movie. Because look at every clip and everything they show from Little Women. It's just so horrible to be in a society where a man can tell you what to do. I am proud of not needing a man. Oh, men are so evil. That's exact line quotes for the movie, folks. I'm not pulling it out of my ass. Well, you know, agreed. You know, but but from what I understand, it's really well done. And she and if it's up for best picture, she should be up for best director. It's as simple as that. There's too many direct. There's too many nods for best picture. Like, uh, uh, what's his name get, didn't get nominated for Marriage Story? Todd Solans. No, that wasn't Todd Solans. That was Noah Baumbach. Well, Noah Baumbach didn't get nominated. No. That's the thing. We have eight. Do we have eight nominees for Best Picture? Any of them can win, but you only have four Best Directors. So what? Eight pictures. The law of averages. The four. The four motherfuckers that don't get nominated for Best Director. Yes. I wouldn't bet on them to win. Very true. Because how many times has the best picture not gone to the best director? Maybe once or twice. Twice. It has happened. Yeah, it has happened. Can't tell you when, but it has happened. Yeah. Because how much of an insult it is. Hey, you made the best picture of the year, but you're not the best director. Hey, you're the best director of the year, but you didn't make the best fucking movie. Well, let's face it. It's all politics anyway. Yeah. Right? I mean, you talk about politics. Let's let's get on to the last bit of this. And that would be the in memoriam. Yeah, and I'm going to say this right now. Carl's uh, going to stay out of this apart. If you make a two-minute movie about how much you love jacking off and your career is jacking off, 
and you win Best Picture because people love the fact that you're a famous person for jacking off. You don't deserve on the memoriam. So fuck you, Kobe. Fuck you, Kobe Sports Ball Bryant. Your ass did not deserve to be on there. But he won for Best Short Film. So... There's a lot of people that did a lot more than that that weren't on the fucking yeah. memoriam. How about one of the greatest subversive directors of all time? Yeah, and they had him. They had him on the the website, but not on the on 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 the uh, 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 televised one. And that would be Larry Cohen. Cohen, yeah. And well, I think how about wasn't Larry Cohen up for best script for something he did? No. Never. Huh. Never. People love the scripts, but but uh they were they were too uh out there mostly. No. He yeah. he, he never won now now he won a couple of Emmys for scripts. Yeah. Particularly for a couple of the Columbo ones he did. But but not for not for film. The Oscars have always hated genre. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. And fuck yep. you if you're a fucking former Oscar nominee who is in a Best Picture nominee. Fuck you. You don't deserve to be in there. <coughs> and who would you be talking about? Michael J. Pollard. Yeah, one of the great... Character actors. And plus, Bonnie and fucking Clyde. That mo- didn't that movie win Best Picture? Yeah, it did. Yeah, a Best Picture. He was in a goddamn Best Picture winner. But he wasn't good enough to be in the fucking memoriam. Nope. But... And what about, what about our beloved uh, actor who was in several, several... Oh, that's horror movies, genre film, all over the place. Yeah, let's see who else first. Let's see. Carol Channing didn't make the list. She was in a lot of movies. Yep. Including one of the most bizarre things you've ever seen in your life, which would be Skidoo. But still. Let's not forget another one, which, which. He's probably more well known for TV, but he started yeah. out in film, and he started out with Robert Altman. Uh, and that would who? be Rene Abrachanois. Yeah, Rene Abrachanois. Yeah, he deserved to be on there. Absolutely. Honestly, I'm fucking shocked that fucking Forrester was on there. Oh, actually, I was too. I I I was shocked that Forrester was on there. I was glad Forster was on there. Yeah. But I, I was surprised. Yeah. And what, and speaking of Altman, what was your favorite film of Robert Altman's uh, that was actually a cartoon movie or a comic book movie, as they call it today, because they don't know what the fucking newspaper strip was? Well, that would be Popeye. And during uh, this uh, 
production, there was a series of letters that Altman sent to the <laughs> studio because of his producer. And one of them read, and I quote, Why don't you tell this sunglass-wearing fuck to go back and keep banging starlets so he can promise them roles and let real filmmakers make real movies? Yep. Yeah, someone who's a known scumbag in Hollywood, Robert Evans, gets in the memoriam, but real people who don't have nothing bad about them, don't. Yeah. Even in his movies, what was it the kid says in the picture? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was a scumbag, but he was a lovable scumbag. But he was definitely a scumbag. Yeah. Yep. I mean, really, think of how many many directors... Careers of the seventies guys that you loved that he fucking destroyed. Well, one in particular, and, and that would be Ashby. Hal Ashby, uh, Robert Altman. He got him blackballed for a while. Uh, uh, he was uh, well. Michael actually, he Stavino. got him blackballed after after uh, after Popeye. And basically, yeah. like what Alban said, well, fuck you. I'll do my own shit. That's exactly what he did during the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, Rob and HBO's like, God, we want to do something prestigious. I hope we want to do something prestigious. How can we get something prestigious? Altman, hey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. I got, and HBO. I got an idea. Yeah. Not going to cost you anything. Yeah. It's production. I, yeah, I mean, it's like, ah. <laughs> of course, we're talking about Tanner 88. Yeah, Tanner 88. Which, if you haven't seen what. Well, before the. Now the election season's walked in, there's two movies that we think. If you can add more to it after I've named these two, go for it, Carl. The two okay. that I think are very pertinent this year are Tanner 88 and its sequel, and mm. Bob Roberts. Yep. I'll tell you one <laughs> other that, that, that sort of reminds me a little bit about Buttigieg, uh, and that's The Candidate. Watch The Candidate. Especially for the last line. Yeah. You know the film I'm talking about? The Robert Redford yeah, one? Yeah, the Robert Redford. Right. And so at the end of the movie where he finally gets the nomination, mm-hmm. he just turns to, 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 to Peter Boyle like, what the fuck do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and H.G. Lewis is here at the Yahoo, too. Yeah. But Tanner 88, god damn, that is a brilliant piece of fucking filmmaking. And for those people that don't know that, basically what Altman did is he hired Michael Murphy 
I think Pamela Reed in that as as this can't fake candidate with his entourage that just went to all the the different primaries and filmed it like it was a documentary. So you've got yeah. at that point it was Dukakis and you have all these people on the Democratic side and it's brilliant. It's just so fucking good. And so trenchant and so satirical. Yeah. And of course Sasha Baron Cohen, they call him oh he's so unique what he does. Fuck you. He stole from Tanner. Well, you know what? He'll even say that. Yeah. He he has said that. So I give him credit for at least accrediting Oatman and, and Tanner eighty eight. No, good and do you stuff. remember that one little bit where he was backstage and Dukakis went on stage and did Gary Hart? He was in that too, wasn't he? Yes, he and was. Yeah, he went back there and he they had him do a speech like, "I dare you to follow me and try to find me being indecent." And then when he went backstage, he looked at Tanner and he went, "God damn! I hope no one follows that up." <laughs> <laughs> no, you got that wrong. It was, uh, you're basically right, but switch it. Yeah. You know, because it's 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 Murphy that says to him, I hope nobody follows that up. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. hilarious. None of the candidates are acting. They don't know that Tanner's fake. Yeah. As a matter it's of fact, the couple of them got very pissed off once the show got on HBO. Oh, they got really pissed off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so much goodness. But Robert Evans, fuck him. <laughs> He's the one who brought in the 80s era of the super producer. Where the producer got the credit over anything. Mm-hmm. And that's where we got bullshit mm-hmm. like Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins, directed by Joe Dante. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how the poster plays out? <laughs> Something like that, but. The funny, Giant the funny thing about that. The, what? Okay, go, go ahead, and finish up, then I got something to say. Yeah, giant ass Steven Spielberg presents in the movie title, and then little tiny letters at the bottom of the poster, directed by Joe Dante. But you know, the funny thing about it is, you know, whatever Spielberg did with Dante, and the whole thing goes back to, to uh, Piranha. Okay, because Universal was going to sue Piranha out of existence, and Spielberg said, "No, I like it." And and then uh, uh, then there was the howling. But so anyway, Spielberg says, "Oh, let him do this." You realize that Spielberg never, except for Amazing Stories, ever did anything else with Dante because Dante basically just stole that movie and said. This ain't a fucking Spielberg movie. Yeah. 
Because if look at the TV ads for the first week that Gremlins came out, it was Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. Second week it was out. Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. Director by Joe Dante. Third week. No more Gizmo. <laughs> yeah. Joe Dante. We want. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's very true. That's very, very true. Because because Dante was just you know, so unique. Uh, you know, and they couldn't control Dante. Well, he wouldn't take Spielberg shit. Yeah. Well look who he look who he learned under. If he wasn't gonna take yeah. shit from Roger fucking Corman <laughs> Yeah. Yep. I I I I loved I love Joe Dante. I love Joe. I love his work. I love what he's done over the years. Just yeah. a really unique populist director. Yeah, but it, that was really the worst thing that Evans did was the fucking super producer era of the '80s. Yeah, uh, Peter Gruber, uh, Jerry Bruckner, Bruckheimer. Bruckheimer, who's still yeah. with us, God, God, to help us. Yeah, but he wasn't that bad in the nineties. He really learned to let go of control in the nineties. Tony Scott broke him. <laughs> <laughs> Good, poor, poor Tony. But yeah, story. the biggest one. Three decades. Big, almost great roles in every freaking era. To quote him, I have three kinds of fans. The first fans are the ones who watch me in the black exploitation films and the exploitation films with Pam Greer's, Vic Diaz and all that, and Jack Hill. The second generations were the ones who watched me on Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, and Jason on Star Command. And then there's the third generation that grew up and knew me from the Rob Zombie Sp- Right, Captain Spaulding. Yeah. And he's like, I love every damn one of them, and I wouldn't tell anyone. He said... He, someone come up to him at the con once and said, I'm sorry, Sid. I was I was only a fan of the new stuff, and I didn't know you did stuff before that. And he's like, so? You love me, don't you? Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah. And, and, and not to have him in, the, in memoriam, I think, is a real shame. Seriously. Yeah, even just for Spider Baby. Oh, God, I love spider Brady. If I was going to pick three uh, roles that he should have gotten nominated for an Oscar, if John had counted, let's see, Spider-Baby, uh, let's see, which one of the Jack Hill films, uh, the women in prison films, do you think he should have gotten nominated for his role? Oh, um, which one is it where 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 he's head of the uh, 
uh, of the underground that that's uh, going to attack the prison. Oh, I think that was uh, Black Mama, White Mama. No, it's before that. It's one of the three Philippines ones. Big Bird Cage. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. And it has that great little scene with him and Vic Diaz. What the hell are you looking at, fairy? Huh? Nothing, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 80s, well, he got Emmy nods, and I think he did win an Emmy for Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. God, he was so good in that. And, of course, the 90s and 00s, he should have uh, Captain Spaulding. But for which one do you think that? I think corpses because he's more the the, the focus on corpses. He's got a, a couple really great scenes in corpses. Uh, he's only in the background of corpses. You mean Devil's Rejects? No, no, no. The one, the one where... It's it's corpses. It's right at the beginning, where the two come in and there's a whole. Uh, oh yeah, uh, that was great. Yeah, he's fucking awesome in that scene. Yeah, one fuck you. No one fuck your mama. Two, <laughs> two. fuck your sister. Three fuck your grandma. <laughs> 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 and him yep. talking to and him talking to Walt Groggin Goggin and just fucking blowing Walt Goggin off the screen. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't like cops and they don't like me either. <laughs> and he was great. Well, you know, you know something? Uh, I would not. I'd say the only one for an Oscar would be either Devil Rechecks or 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 that for supported. Uh, or uh, corpses, but you know a, a movie he's only in for five minutes, yeah, and he's so fucking good in it. What? This is this is the uh, the thing with Sid Haig. He would only be in a movie for like three or four minutes, but those three or four minutes are fucking gold, right? Yeah. Emperor of the North. Emperor of the North. Remember that scene? It's it's in the hobo village. Yeah. And he's head of the hobo village. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. He's playing off of Lee Marvin. And he ain't scared of Lee Marvin. At all. No. He was like the tough guy to everything. I mean, he was just like the badass. And you could tell that he fucking meant it too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, he's in another one of my favorite movies uh, called Busting, only in it for three minutes as a as a bouncer. But boy, does he kick Goulds and Blake's ass! Yeah, one of my favorite scenes of his is in Beyond Atlantis, just because it's so hilarious and it's so just because it's Sid, it makes it badass. He just takes his pistol and starts waving it around, just going bam, 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 bam. And then you see like 20 guys fall dead. (laughs) 
Sid Haig don't have to fucking aim. Oh, you know the other one? What? Actually, he I I would say, at the very, very least, if not an Academy Award, a a Saturn Award for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, What? Oh, come on. The the, the crazy-ass science fiction one with Ray Walston and him and Aaron Galaxy of Terror. He basically rewrote his whole role for that because he thought the dialogue he had was stupid. Well, good for him. That's why he's so quiet in the movie. (laughs) And, of course, that speech from Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, they got him a two-year gig on what was supposed to be a one-off speech. Yeah. Now, you played that, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I think we should close the show on that when we close it. Just to show people why the fuck he belonged there. Well, do you have it ready? Yeah, I got it ready. I got it ready. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Cool. But really move it on from the Oscars to give something funny. We're going to talk about something quick. Uh, That is movies. And book, well, books where the ending of them is not wrote until years afterwards or not released to years afterwards. The first one I want to get into because of when the story was released was uh, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Great fucking movie. Don't you agree, Carl? One of the best. Absolutely. In the, 1975. Yeah, one of the best. Australian art film slash exploitation films out there. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And if you watch the movie, there is really no solution to what the fuck happened. Not at all. But it turned out the author did write an ending to the book, a solution to it. But the guy that her uh, publisher said, uh, I think we should uh, not put that part in and just keep it a mystery. It works better that way. And it does. Yeah. Because without the solution, which I'll get into, the movie turns into how the headmistress is a fucking tyrannical bitch. Who abuses and mistreats the kids. Right. And by the way, she's played by the great Rachel Roberts. Yeah. In the film. And she's absolutely wonderful. And unfortunately, Rachel did not have a happy life. Um, And she ended up uh, committing suicide. But a fine actress. Well, you can get that vibe from the way she plays the role in Hanging Rock. Yeah, she she was in a number of Lindsay Anderson films too. Yeah. yeah, there's another guy. Why didn't he ever get a nod for best foreign film? Well, because it was English language, and because um, because he's just too too political and too nasty. 
These movies are pretty that's fucking when I begin, And that's when I give to you uh, Ken Loach, who's gotten directed, who's gotten nominated for Best Foreign Film for two of his movies. Right. And The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner, which also got nominated for Best Foreign and Film. And that's Tony Richardson, by the way. That's not Loach. Loach was a... Uh, uh, I said Anne. Kess. Yeah, Kess was uh, nominated, actually, I think, for Best Foreign Film. Yeah, that was um, because that was uh, financed by an American company by a director who basically lived in the U.S. at the time. But let's not get into that. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. But any anyway, uh, 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 talk about Lindsay Anderson. You know, look at If. Look at uh, Oh Lucky Man. Look at uh, 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 Britannia Hospital. Uh, not no. No one's gonna fucking touch those. Nobody. They're too dangerous for yeah. the Oscars. If I was going to pick any of the three that should have gotten nominated, it would be if. Well, you know what? There's also this Sporting Life, too, which which was his first film, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And the first uh, uh, major film that Richard Harris did. Uh, yeah. For me, if I can understand if being nominated, but it's always going to be a lucky man for me. Oh, a I lucky didn't say man it was a better film. Yeah. And another one that should have been nominated that really didn't get ignored, uh, let's see, uh, two. One, uh, The Servant, Losey. Oh, yeah, Joseph Losey. Fuck yeah. And two, The Collector. The fact that Terrence Stamp didn't get nominated for the collector's fucking utter bullshit, no matter how you slice it. There's no way to ground that. Uh, agreed. Uh, fuck you, the Limey. Why he was never fucking nominated for Limey, I'll never fucking know. Yeah, and that was during the period where, uh, who directed the Limey? Soderbergh. Soderbergh could take a shit on a plate. And film it, and they would nominate it for something. Yeah. But not the Limey. And look at the movie where Peter Fonda won. Peter Fonda. Yuli's Gold. Gold. I actually like Yuli's Gold a lot. Oh, yeah, it's good. But is his role in that better than Easy Rider? No. No. Not at all. Why is it that every time that, this is a wrap it up, that Oscar tries to show that they, they've got their finger on the pulse, they miss it by a country fucking mile? Well, they always do. You know. You know, by, by the way, there's one other thing since we're talking about the Oscars. That we need to bitch about. Uh, and we haven't bitched about it yet. And you're talking about it being woke and so on and so forth. I'm surprised you haven't talked about the short animation Oscar. Yeah, Kit. Well, I don't know what was uh, Kit bullshit of one. That was the best picture of the year. Oh, best short, animated short. The black one was good. And any other year, that one I would have been okay with. 
any other year. Because both of them were Actually, great. Actually, I, I, I thought it was, you know, the director of the one that won, which is uh, a hair story, um, yeah. said we wanted to represent the black culture and black hair. And when you represent something, it's about a specific thing. It's about a specific ethnic group. Kitbull crosses lines. It's not about anything specific. It's about love between two opposites and and, uh, and friendship and and caring for each other. And that's something we all can, can connect to. And to me, yeah, and uh, the couple that adopts uh, the movie. Steven, hold on, hold on. Any movie that makes me cry in five and a half minutes and earns it gets a fucking Oscar from me. Yeah. Period. Okay, now you can go. And the couple that adopts them at the end of the movie, they're a black and white integration. Just like the kitten and, and, and the pit bull. Yeah, white and black. Black and white. And it's subtle. It's not hit it's not hitting your face. It's subtle. That's the one thing about the Oscar. They like it when it's in your face, up your ass and Stuffed up your nose and yelled at you. But but Kitbull, I'm sorry, that deserved to win. And again, I'm not saying anything wrong with Hair Story because I did watch it. I thought it was good, but it didn't earn my tears. It didn't because I'm, I'm separated from it. Yeah, the fact that. Uh... Toy Story 4 won Best Animated Picture picture over Klaus and Missing Link. That brought me to tears. Well, what do you expect? It's Pixar. You know, I didn't see Klaus, but I saw Missing Link. And and I really like Missing Link. And I like Ardman anyway. I love Ardman. You just like it because I got a TV guy. And by the way, there's a Shaun of the Sheep movie that wasn't even fucking released in the U.S. That is a travesty. Mm -hmm. And you know what the movie is called, the Shaun of the Sheep movie? What? Farmageddon. Oh, and speaking yeah. of, I didn't tell you. Guess what? A uh, Funko announced last week. Oh. A Wallace and Gromit set. Oh yes. And the third one is Sean. It's Wallace. Nice. Sean. Yeah. <laughs> and is there cheese? Not on Wallace yet. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting to see if they bring out a. a a special one with him holding cheese. <laughs> if thank but, you, I will pay you for it. Yeah. <laughs> but let me finish. But really, the, we're going back to a picnic on Hanging Rock. Yes, we got back there, folks. 
after the author died, it came out, and it turned out the real solution was they went up on a hanging rock and turned into snake creatures and crawled into the rock. Can no. you see, that Carl, why that, after how naturalistic... I mean, there is the supernatural elements all over the book and the movie. But don't you think the naturalistic ending works better? Much better. Much better. And the second one that we're going to get into, and this is the close of the show, is a movie that Carl's had to defend this part ever since he's loved, first loved this fucking movie. Right, Carl? <laughs> Absolutely. That would that be... Would be 19, that would be 1974. That's more than 40 years ago. That's 46 years ago. Yeah. The Long Goodbye. Carl, tell people the book's ending. We're going to spoil Terrorcane. So Not the movie's ending, is, is, is a book by Raymond Chandler. And at this point, he was tired of the character. And and he was contemplating retiring. And so he the book is very melancholy. It's about, you know, Marlowe befriends Terry Lennox, and, and Terry betrays him. Uh, and that, and, uh, and at the end of the book, Terry Lennox comes back from Mexico, disguised as a Mexican, goes to his office, and, and Milo knows it's him. And they have a conversation, and Terry Lennox leaves him a bottle of wine, or no, of tequila. And should we have a drink? And he said, No, no, but I'll hold on to it. Maybe someday I'll drink from it. Okay, and that's the ending of the book. Now, the movie um, was written by Leigh Brackett, the, uh, who, who you know wrote The Big Sleep and a number of screenplays. She was phenomenal. And she goes to, to Altman as she's adapting the book. She just says, why don't we just have, have Marlowe kill the son of a bitch? He's an asshole. Let's kill him. And Altman says, I like it. And so the movie, at the end, Elliot Gould kills Terry Lennox. Well, the purists went fucking nuts. How dare they do this? Marla would never do that. Never, ever, ever. And now I pass it along to Mr. Ron Keel. Mr. Ron Keel? After Continue. murder, she, after that book, Chandler really didn't write anything else, did he? Well, complete. Well, he actually else. started on a book called Poodle Springs, but he stopped. He didn't like it. And then he wrote something else, so we'll continue that. And that something else was a four-page short story. What was it called, Carl? I can't remember, to be honest. Yeah. It's an obtuse story. It's basically Marlowe goes down to Mexico to find a man. And then he finds him. And 
Bam! He shoots and kills him. And then... He goes back to his office, and he takes a bottle of uh, alcohol off of his shelf, and he drinks a glass of it. Yep. Wow, and isn't that just almost the exact same ending of the fucking movie? (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't actually released until much later. No. That was released about the time of Poodle Springs, <laughs> which was uh, in the 80s. Yeah, and let's bring up another fact. Lay Brackett was a Chandler historian. She, well, I, I wouldn't say historian. She certainly knew him. Yeah, she knew him and knew she the work. Did. She wasn't an official historian, you know. But she 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 had had worked with him, uh, particularly yeah. on Big Sleep. It's because of her on the Big Sleep, uh, uh, you know that story. Who killed the chauffeur? Who the fuck killed the chauffeur? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he had to think about. It. He was like, I don't know. I fucked up, didn't I? You know, I screwed up, didn't I? (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, it came out that basically Chandler did write that indie. Yeah. But he wrote it in such an obtuse way that it was hard to... Connected. The story is very obtuse, isn't it, Carl? Yeah. He he doesn't give any he doesn't give any real description, anything. He just says, you know, Chandler goes down to Mexico to find this guy, you know, blah blah blah. He, he talks to a couple of people, finds him, never names who it is, never gives you any any uh, descriptions or anything. Goes goes to where he is, kills him. And leaves and goes back to his, uh, you know, travels back to L.A. and has a drink. That's all it is. Yeah. And if you take that as the ending of The Long Goodbye, that's a perfect linker between it and Poodle Springs. Yeah. He finishes up his last old business and then he... Retires. Retires. What did you yeah, think Google of Poodle Springs? Yeah, is interesting. The first part of it being being Chandler, but you know, it's about Marlo being retired and and he's basically a boy toy to a rich widow, and and he uh, doesn't like it. And that's about all that he got in. And then I forget, was it Patterson that finished it? Max Allen Collins. Collins, Collins finished it. Okay, that's right. Yeah. He was basically a fanboy of him who was like real good friends with Mickey Spillane and stuff. Right. Chandler's estate picked him out of uh, 
I think it was a lottery or something, something bizarre like that. I don't know, you know how, but 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 whatever the case, we finally got Poodle Springs, and we got uh, that as a HBO movie. Who played Marlo in that? You should know. James Garner. Oh no 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 no. Uh, one of your favorite character actors. Oh, Powers Booth. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, I forget. It was uh, sort of the finale of the Marlowe series. Right, exactly. But really looking back in the 70s, Carl, they always say, Oh, uh, Elliot Gould's the weirdest Marlo. Elliot Gould's weirdest part. I'm like, no, I've got one that was weirder in my opinion. Okay. Uh, James Coburn in a Dane Curse. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of odd to see. That but one he's is not, odd. He's not Marlo. That's not Marlo. That's not Marlo. Oh. That's the Continental Off. That's that's not even um, Chandler. That's Hammett. That's Hammett. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Hey, it happens. Don't worry about it. You can get those two mixed up. And what's funny is, if you remember when the two Robert Mitchum uh, Marlowe's came out... Right? They were bitched about for being too faithful to Marlow. Yeah. Whatever the fuck that means. We don't like the long goodbye. Why? It's not faithful enough. Okay. <laughs> what about those two? They're too faithful. They needed to change something <laughs> up. Oh, Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> don't you agree? Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Hold on, Stephen. Hold on. So to me, it the 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 gold one is the reason I love that one so much is I read all those books. I I was so much into hard boiled fiction at one point or another, and I always wanted to to be that character, but I could never find anyone where I could say I could be him until I ate gold. Elliot Gould is me as Marla. Smart, under uh, uh, underrated, uh, 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 certainly uh, 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 a smart ass. You know, uh, but that's why I love that character, and I love that 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 reimagining of that character and how how it all works out as a uh, uh, takeoff on on the seventies too, and a, basically a fuck you to the seventies. Yeah. Great fucking reimagining. And he lost anyway, his fucking cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And with that, we'll say goodbye. Probably we'll be back with another episode later this week. If not, well, do you have any plans at the DL this weekend? Uh yeah, uh, Adam is 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 running the show on uh 
on uh, basically Rankin Bass and Charles Schultz TV specials. Mm, Rankin Bass. <laughs> I know you love Bakshi, you, but fuck you. Rankin Bass did the better Tolkien adaptions. Fuck you. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll I'll still take Bakshi. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. But no, still take action. Yeah. And with that, good night, everybody. Good night. Thanks for having me, Steven. Okay. Where are we? I think this is a hospital. We're going to get you a a painkiller for that banged-up head of yours. What's wrong with my head? Why is it killing me like this? Nothing. Nothing, honey. It just got in the way of a flying chair, that's all. Chair? <laughs> Take! <laughs> Come on. Look at here. Boy, you missed one hell of a fight. Okay. <laughs> you almost killed a guy. And this here is a prize. <laughs> we was in a fight. Oh, this broad's head is really messed up. You're right. Lou, give me a beer. Yeah. You should have been there. I broke a nose. I laid one dude out cold. <laughs> Left one on his knees screaming for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Can I get you anything, honey? Hey, sit over here. Ah, uh, skip it. Woman like that won't come when a man calls. You have a rough night, lady? I don't know. What's your name? I don't remember my name. Oh. Did you hear that? Man, sluts is all alike. Just love teasing a man. See that? She heard that, but she wouldn't turn around. Got to remember one thing. Sluts is cagey. She ain't never going to lose that slut look, no matter how hard she tries. Because there's always going to be a little too much rouge on the cheeks and a little too much mascara in the eyes. There's always going to be a little too much of everything. And why do you think she wears so much lipstick? It's because she knows that by the end of the night, she's going to be kissing so many men, and she's going to need that much, so it'll last. Man, I'm going to tell you something. You put a diamond on a slut, and it'll turn to rhinestone. She's got cash registers in her eyes that keep lighting up. Sale, sale! Every man that she ever slept with has left his mark on her face. Now, you look at that slash on her face. How do you think that got there? Well, her new lover come home, found her in bed with another man, and took his fine leather belt to her face, but it didn't work because you can't never beat the slut out of a slut. It's like a disease, man. There ain't no cure for it, except men and lots of them. The next one you give the girl a break. It ain't her fault the way she is. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Man, 
if you believe that, you believe anything. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. There's only two ways for a woman in this life. Either an honest wife or a low-lying slut. That bitch, I could make her right here and now, and she'd let me. You know why? Because she can't say no. Ain't that the truth, sweetheart? That'll get you hot, won't it? I mean, won't that make you feel all hot inside? That's enough, Tex. Now, you knock it off. Don't pay no attention to him, ma'am. He's just drunk. Is that what I am? Slut? Honey, this is a free country. Whoever you are or whatever you did, don't make no difference to me. You're welcome here. But am I a slut? <laughs> Hell, honey, seems all right to me. You know, I could tell about people. And you're all right. Uh, what difference does it make what they say you are? Hey there. What's your name? I never did hear it. I don't know. Hey, come on, man. Thought we were gonna be friends. 